Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Can't really take the day off as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The nightcap. We're eating their food on WGR Sports Radio 550. What is this that's going on with the Capitals? Kuznetsov and who are they've tested positive or they're on the COVID list? What what do we got? So Elliot Friedman just tweeted two minutes ago. Added to the COVID-related absence list are Evgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, Alexander Ovechkin, and Ilya Samsonov. All right, the Sabers play the Capitals on Friday. So let's get the season back on track, baby. <laughs> That's one angle to go with on that one. Um, yeah, there are some COVID outbreaks going on in the NHL. The Dallas Stars have not played a game yet. They had their season postponed. The Carolina Hurricanes have had a bit of an outbreak where they had their game last night postponed. And the Sabres are supposed to be in Washington to play the Capitals on Friday night. But as you just heard Brennan read off the list there, Kuznetsov, Orlov, Ovechkin, and Samsonov. Those are four of their most important players, right? The best goal scorer, one of your best centers, one of your best defensemen, and your starting goaltender. I've got to look into this because I saw that the Capitals were fined $100,000, so I want to read the whole story yes. So uh, before you know everything comes out. But I, I definitely saw mention of it, but then obviously the news with Friedman just hit on the specific players that were added to the list. So I don't know how you know clicks work within teams, by the way, but... It might be something from off the ice. I, again, I don't want to make assumptions based on right. players' nationalities. But it's four, four Russian hockey players that, you know, they might all speak the language. They might, they, they might be the group that hangs out off the ice. And that's why I, we don't know, but maybe it is something like that, where that's a group that was hanging out off the ice, shouldn't have been, or they weren't wearing masks somewhere, and... Maybe that's why they're all on the list. I don't know. Here is the update from the NHL itself. The National Hockey League announced today that it has fined the Washington Capitals $100,000 for player violations of the league's COVID-19 protocols, which involved social interactions among team members who were in close contact and who were not wearing face coverings. Okay. So there you go. That sounds a lot like the Titans stuff from earlier in the season with the Bills. Um, now, the NHL, of course, a lot more schedule flexibility, so we'll see. It's only four players as of now that are on the COVID list, but we'll keep track of that. 
We'll see maybe this game on Friday and the game on Sunday evening, not su- Sunday afternoon now, 3 o'clock, um, if those games maybe get moved. but Now to clarify and differentiate, I haven't seen any positive cases within the Capitals. But it does say they're on the COVID list. Right. Because that doesn't necessarily right. That doesn't mean ne- That positive. doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. they're positive. That I, doesn't I, even mean they've been close that's contacts. Another, that's another thing I'll keep an eye on if I just see it sure. scrolling through Twitter, what the actual implications of being on the list are, what that means going forward I don't for know, them. I don't know this, but I think you should... You, if you break protocol, you probably should be going on the list, even if you don't have a close encounter. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't, I think, have to mean that Alex Ovechkin, Ilya Samsonov, and, and these other guys were around someone who tested positive. It just might be the league saying, hey, if you break the rules, one, we're fining you, and two, you're going on the list as though you have had contact with somebody. Right. So... That might be what's going on here. Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney here on the nightcap for the next hour. Not a ton of hockey talk on today's show. Sabres lost last night to Philadelphia. They had an opportunity. They had an opportunity to carve out a chunk of tonight's show. If they had put back-to-back wins on a really good opponent in the bank on the road, then I think we might be talking some Sabres today. But it's just kind of frustrating to think about. You yesterday were like, I'm excited for the Sabre game tonight. And then I saw you tweet about it later. It's just one word, mistake. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do want to say they should be 3-1. and one. They have outplayed their they opponent outplayed in three straight games. They have outplayed their opponent in three of four games. And it's just extremely frustrating that in two of the games they outplayed their opponents, they scored a combined one goal. One goal and, well, right. I think that is not sustainable, though. Right. That's we'll, why we'll do we'll do the Sabres here at the beginning. Get out of the way. <laughs> I, I, I think you, they keep playing like they have in the last three games. The goals will come. I agree. Jeff Skinner right now has 13 scoring chances on the season. It's one of the one of Top the highest five. totals in the league. I think he was fourth. Yeah. Yeah. That was fourth. I think though among players who haven't scored yet. Um, that list at the point put out okay. earlier on Twitter. Um, but he's getting a ton of chances. Right. Eventually. They're going to find the back of the net if he keeps playing like that. Eventually, that top line, Eichel and Hall have a lot of assists right now. They have one goal between the two of them. That will, of course, increase. So they keep playing like that, they'll score. Their biggest issue right now is not that they don't control the puck, because they have been. It's not that they don't get scoring chances, because they do. It's that they're just not getting saves. They're 26th in the league to start the year in 5-on-5 save percentage. And right now you have one of your goaltenders who has a personal issue, and you could you are only speculating if you're guessing on when he is coming back. And then your other goaltender right now has a concussion. And, like, credit to Carter Hutton because I thought he played well in both right? Philadelphia games. I thought he was dreadful the first game in the opener. I was willing but. to give the whole team a pass the first game. They haven't played in, like, 10 months. And- yeah. But, but now you're down games, to Johansson. The three, right. The goaltending is by far the major problem. It's just it's frustrating to see a team kind of dominate some of those underlying numbers that we've all been so like, critical right? of Finally, for years. We've been waiting a decade for them to be good in these underlying numbers. We've been waiting a decade for them to control the puck. And, Mc, oh, my God, McCabe and Ristolainen are the number one pair in hockey in expected goals for percentage? Not exactly what I would have expected a week ago. What? Right? <laughs> and the, the fact that that has happened and you've only won one of your four, that just this team's cursed. That's this team's cursed. Whatever. Um, Bills and Chiefs on Sunday. I think we are every day that passes. It is Mahomes is going to play. 
That becomes more and more likely, even if you thought at some point early in the week that there might there might could be some doubt on that. And to me, that that was existent. I wasn't just assuming he was going to play because there was a lot going on with is this a neck injury? The way he got pulled down, and then the report about maybe a pinched nerve. And I immediately and I'm not a, a medical expert, which is why it's reckless to just pin this on anybody. It's like, oh, this is what's happening. But I'll tell you, a thought that crossed my mind when I read tweaked a nerve in his neck was Eric Wood. Eric Wood had a neck injury that, I, like, did anybody really think anything of it? And then suddenly he's retired. And it ended a guy's career who was still playing great football at that time. And you, of course, I wasn't just assuming, you know, this is the end of Mahomes' career. I mean, come on, that's a huge leap. But I was thinking, you don't know that this isn't serious. But now that he's reportedly passed all of these tests and that he was a full participant at practice today and then he wasn't, but he was limited, but he took all the snaps. The Chiefs keep changing their story. But at the end of the day, it sounds like he took every snap on the field. And to me, there's... Almost no doubt in my mind he's going to be their quarterback. On Sunday, I think everybody has now reached that conclusion. He's going to be their quarterback on Sunday. And that leaves us, leads us to the inevitable that we've been talking about all season. We have always been talking about this season. What happens when you meet the Chiefs in the playoffs? Because at some point during the year, the bar got raised to that. It suddenly was, oh, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, we don't need to think about the division. And then it became, well, we're going to have a home playoff game. So we don't really need to even think about, you know, what seed we want. And then it's just like, okay, is this a Super Bowl caliber team? And when you enter that conversation, when you enter that realm, Kansas City is the only team to me that I've ever really thought about. And... I think it was inevitable they were going to make it to this point. Both teams. And even though there was doubt along the way. The Bills had a, two close playoff games. The, the Chiefs played a lot of close games down the stretch. And they had some trouble. When Chad Henney came into that game with a lot of clock left, I thought they might be done. Like, we'll see what he's able to do. But I thought there was a real chance Cleveland was going to come back in that game. And they really almost did. Like, they made it a game at the end. Another um, bad coaching decision. Bad coaching decision. The Browns. Come on. So there was always doubt. And there were moments where you thought it might not happen. But we've been building up this matchup for so long. Really since the Bills lost to them in week six. And it was like inevitable, right? It was like, like you said, there were some moments where it was in doubt. There were some close calls and what have you. But looking back on it now, I wouldn't have wanted it another way. And I didn't think it was going to go another way. Right, like it, it seemed like it had to happen this year, mm-hmm. and I can't explain that. It just it probably what Baltimore fans felt like last year that it was inevitable yeah. that they were going to meet up it's with Kansas the Chiefs City. in the AFC Championship. That never came to fruition last year because Baltimore lost to Tennessee. Yep, but this that's how it kind of felt for me this year. The weeks heading into the playoffs, and then. You know, as you mentioned with each passing game, inevitable. So now we're at this point. Now we're at this moment. And I I would like to think this is going to be sustainable. This is going to be maybe the new version. I, I hope. This is a dream scenario. Is that this is a new version of Colts and Patriots. And I don't even mind if the Bills are the Colts in that scenario. I really don't. I don't care if the Chiefs bully you for the next 10 years. 
but you get two or three on them. Right. And those two or three, you get two or three on New England, and the Colts showed it. They could win a Super Bowl. And that could be the Bills. And I might sign up for that at this point. I would like them to be the Patriots in that scenario. But that's hard for me to believe given what Kansas City has been. They have won 25 of their last 26 games. I mean, or ooh, I might be off by one or two games there. I'll just double check 24 that. 24 of the last 25? 24 of the last. I think Mahomes is 24 and 1 in his they last They lost two this year, though. Right? Mahomes, Mahomes is 24 and 1 in his last 25, I believe. I'll, I'll double check that. But yeah, they've an incredible run since last year. And they're, the Bills, if they keep challenging Kansas City with teams like they have this year, they'll get one. It maybe doesn't even have to be this season. But I've made the point in the last week, this might be your best shot at that. This might be your best chance to get one on them. Now, I'm starting to back off that a little bit because one of my go-to points on why this could be the go-to time to get them is... I don't know if you're going to have your coordinators back next season. A week ago, it was they, they're probably losing Brian Dable, and now maybe we're losing Leslie Frazier. And right now, there's a good chance you're keeping both of them. Dable, it almost seems for sure, written in stone, right. that they're going to be keeping him around. Although, conflicting reports on the Philadelphia thing, there was a report a couple days ago that Dable said, I don't even want to talk to Philly. And then there was a report the next day that was more like, no, he'll talk to them, but he wants to wait until after the playoffs. I'm operating so, under the assumption that Dable's going to be back next year. Me too. Me too. That's Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle had that, that he'll be back. So that was a little definitive on it. Frazier, maybe he gets the Houston job, but... I would still I, operate under the assumption that Frazier will be back too. Me without too. Any I think inside they're information. I think they're going to be the enemy. I think if they want to repair that relationship with Deshaun Watson, they can't afford to take any more risk. And that means you didn't hire, you didn't even let him in the process of who the GM's going to be. You at that point, you have to almost let him pick the head coach. And I think it's been pretty well documented in the media that Watson wants to be enemy. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. Of the Chiefs. So I think Frazier's not getting that job either. I think he's back here next season too. But eventually you'll probably lose one or two of those guys. And there are other factors. There are plug-and-play guys all over this roster. Darrell Williams is the go-to guy for me on this. They just brought him in on a pretty cheap contract. They just plugged him in at right tackle, and he's been fine. He's held down the fort on, on the right tackle position. They have brought in you know fourth, fifth-round picks like Matt Milano. And Levi Wallace, undrafted, Josh Norman. They've just filled their number two corner spot without really investing almost anything. They have filled their second linebacker spot with really out investing almost anything. And there are other positions on the offensive line, the interior offensive line. John Feliciano, just kind of a guy off the street that was never really even a full-time starter in this league. He comes in and like, wow, look at the difference he makes in the interior offensive line. Brandon Bean's done a great job at filling those spots. That does not mean he's going to nail those every single time. Right. And there will be a year or two where they have a couple holes that they don't have right now. They don't have any glaring holes. So I'm hoping that it's not their best chance, and I'm guessing that even if it, this is even if this is the best Bills team that goes up against Kansas City in the playoffs, they're going to have a bunch more that are going to be real threats to what Mahomes and Andy Reid got going. But I, I feel like this is the time to get them. Something in me is like, this is the time you beat Kansas City. This season you have had, this complete roster, this coaching staff. The, the Chiefs deserve to be favored in this game, but I think I think the Bills deserve a lot of respect and 
having the ability to win it right now. The whole thing. Super Bowl. Do you think they're getting respect? I do. I heard Jordan Poyer today. Jordan Poyer say nobody's giving us a chance. I'm like, okay, m- more people are picking the Chiefs, yes, but that's probably fair. But you're a three-point underdog. It's right, and it's, on the road, which basically means th- it's th- a pick'em. <laughs> right, it's basically a pick'em on a neutral field. And I'm looking at these media picks. There are a bunch of guys picking the Bills. Mark Sessler had the Bills winning 59 to 56 today at NFL.com. <laughs> My heart so, couldn't take that. By the I, way, I do. Oh, I would. I, I would love it, it and hate it. I, I think people are giving them respect. I, I think they are too. And I, I think. Uh, and here's the other thing. I don't think the Bills have played particularly well in the playoffs, and they've taken out an eleven and five, two eleven and five teams that were very good, very good teams all across the board. And they haven't even played like their best football that they've played in the last two months. If they string together some offensive drives like they haven't really, again, they did a little bit against the Colts. Allen still had a decent game against the Colts, over three hundred yards. And three, I think he was accountable for three touchdowns. He went for 324, two passing, two passing touchdowns, one and then a rushing, yep. Right. F- 54 yards rushing, too. Like, that was that was a big number for him. So, Allen played well, but I don't think overall that it was, it was not a complete game. The defense gave up a lot of yards. They were, it seemed very bend, not break. But then... The, almost the opposite happened against the Ravens, where the defense really came to play, and it was the offense that was struggling to get anything going. If you can mesh that and put together a full game, this you, team can win. Do you think it's Should fair? Should this team win? Do you think it's fair to think of the Bills? Or for me to put the Bills into a, a position where I was talking about the Colts going into the wildcard game? I said repeatedly that I think it will take the Colts A game and the Bills' B-minus, C-plus game for them to win. Is that is that how big a difference it is between the Bills and the Chiefs? Do the Bills have to play no. their A game? They proved last week against Baltimore that their A game didn't have to be enough. They played a C-plus game. I still don't think they need to be perfect. I don't think they need to be perfect. I think they still have a margin of error, and partly is because we know that even on their not-greatest offensive day, they still put up yards and Allen gets his points. They do. So if the defense plays well, not great, but well, and the offense plays well, they're going to be in a position to win this game. I just want to point one thing out about the Chiefs. Forever, the team we've said they'll get their points is them. It's Kansas City. The Bills have become that team this year. Kansas City's been that team since Mahomes got in there. Their last three games, they have not got their points. They've been fine. 22 against the Browns. I'll throw away that game because Mahomes didn't play the whole thing. Okay. 21 against the Chargers. And then Mahomes week didn't 17. Play. Yeah. And then 17 against the Falcons. That's the game to kind of look at. So, and then there's a, a couple weeks before that, they got 22 against right. Denver. Like, they've had some, I don't want to say stinkers, but they've had some, they've had some games where their offense looks human. Sure. And... That makes me that makes me get to where you are. That it won't take the Bills playing a perfect game, and they could still win it. I think that a hundred percent. I don't think it takes a perfect game. It's it takes what it takes what more than Baltimore. a B plus game. It takes more than Baltimore. Yes, if you do that against Baltimore, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not putting Lamar Jackson in Mahomes territory as far as he's going to get his points. Lamar Jackson does not necessarily is not necessarily going to get his points. 
Teams have shut down Lamar Jackson before. Teams really don't shut down Patrick Mahomes. You will have to put up points offensively, and I don't mean a Taron Johnson 101 yard right. touchdown return return touchdown. That's, that's you can't bet on. You can't bank on that. You can't bank yeah. on 10 points from your offense to beat this team. But I think there's a medium. I don't think you need 40 from the offense. It would help, but right, yeah, you don't need it. If the defense plays well, I'm. How what is, is the point total? Here's a question for you, Joe. Oh, what is a point total? That if I told you that's what the Bills got, without you knowing, if I told you the Bills had X amount of points, what is the point total you would feel comfortable with them winning the game against the Chiefs Sunday? You just drilled the main topic of the show. I think that's got to be it, because that's a great question, and I almost want to tease it for the break. I almost want to give myself five minutes to think about it. All right. Also, I want your calls on on that question, specific question. How many points... Against the Chiefs, do you feel comfortable with how many? How many before? How many points do I need to get you to where you will say I'll take that? Like I'm good with that. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. You can tweet us your thoughts as well uh, at Sneaky Joe Sports at Brendan Keeney on Twitter. We will be right back taking your calls again at eight hundred three hundred five fifty. It's the Nightcap with Joe and Brendan here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Definitely going to be an adjust when we get there kind of thing. We're preparing for it, but until you're in that moment, you're not really sure what to expect. And I've never played in Arrowhead, but everybody tells me the fans are right on top of it, and it's going to get extremely loud with 17,000 people. Extremely energetic fan base when they get things rolling. It gets super loud in there. So we're practicing for it, but until we get in the game, we won't know. Bills quarterback Josh Allen on playing in Arrowhead Stadium, which does have limited amounts of fans in their games this season. It'll be in attendance at the AFC Championship game on Sunday. Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney back here on the nightcap. 803-0550 is the phone number. Brendan with a great question before we went to break. What is the lowest amount of points you would feel comfortable with with the Bills scoring against the Chiefs on Sunday? I have an answer, and I want to hear callers' answers too. We'll get to the phones in a second. I would be going with 31. I think 31 is what is where I'm at. I think the Bills' defense can limit Kansas City to a lowered point total than that. They've been scoring, again, we went through the game totals recently. They're a little human, and I was very impressed with that Bills' performance against the Ravens last week, and I was very impressed with their performance against the Chiefs in Week 6. They made them a run first offense. 
Just by... I don't know if they'll do the exact same thing. Did you see they didn't blitz once in that entire game? Yeah. I think a similar game plan... I, I saw, we saw it. They can hold Kansas City to 26. So... I think a similar recipe, you, you're, I don't think you can go a whole game again without blitzing. That almost seems crazy. So maybe that happens a few times. But the same game plan. Drop everyone back. Make them th- make them either throw against eight, seven to eight guys in the backfield every time in the, in the defensive backfield or make them become a run-heavy team. And I think if you could do any version of what they did in week six – Give me 31 points, and I think I could win. That was the exact number that I thought of. Really? 31? 31. I don't know. There's just something about it. Something about 31. Four touchdowns and a field goal. It's a nice clean football score. Yeah. 31. Might be. I wanted to be a little bit different. I wanted to... When you said 31, I was like, maybe I'll say 35. A nice even (laughs) seven touchdowns... Or five touchdowns. Yeah. But 31 was the number I came up with. All right, well, let us know what you think, and we'll talk a lot more about this game, strategy, personnel on both sides. The Chiefs' offense is a little interesting in what they're going to be at running back, by the way. If they do run the ball more than they typically do, like they did against the Bills in Week 6, their backfield is kind of up in the air. Edwards Hilaire is injured. Darrell Williams has been the guy playing, and Le'Veon Bell got benched after the first snap. Did you see what happened there last week against the Browns? Le'Veon Bell ran the wrong route on the first play against the Browns, and I'm pretty sure he didn't play again. The rest of the game, they benched him because of that, and they just went with Darrell Williams, who played pretty well himself. Williams did look pretty good. So I guess th- that gave them a reason to be able to do that. So Let us know what you think. How many points? 803-0550 is the phone number. Sean in Orchard Park, you're first up on the nightcap. What's up? Gentlemen, thanks for having me on, and uh, I guess great minds think alike. My number is also 31. The reason for that is because, as being discussed, I think, you know, Travis Kelsey is definitely going to get his. The Chiefs seem to be a little limited slightly about their offensive game plan, but we know that they're going to put points up. And as far as the Bills' defense, I think in this game more so than any previous, they played well in the first two playoff games, but these guys have been hungry to get here. And they're here, and I trust Leslie Frazier. I trust our offensive and defensive staff to put a game plan up anywhere up against Andy Reid or the enemy. I truly believe that when we've gotten here, this is what we've been working for, and I think, you know, we're here for excellence. I think we're going to win. That's all I can say. Thanks for the call, Sean. I th- what, what was the number you told me from ESPN FPI earlier? It said FPI on ESPN. I, now, we don't know what they factor in with the whole Mahomes, Mahomes. you know, story. Uh, but it was 53% to 47% in favor of the Bills to win this game. Now, it was 51 to 49 mm. in favor of the Ravens to win this past Saturday. So, can you like. And 53 47, let's not pretend like that's some yeah. overwhelming. It's, it's essentially a coin flip. I can't even like envision them winning it. Like, it's, I'm not saying they can't win it. If I did, if I stood in front of you right now. And did some real football analysis. I think I could go for a long time telling you why I think the Bills can win on Sunday. Mm. I'm just saying I I haven't like yet pictured it in my mind them standing on that podium with the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. If I want to go even further, like are people starting to do that? Are we starting to envision in our minds like what it will look like aesthetically if Josh Allen is holding up the Lombardi Trophy? Yes. Like, People are doing that? Okay. I, if I'm people, 
than people are doing it because I've done it. I've I probably lost thirty minutes of work today just, just thinking, just thinking about, about Josh Allen. Allen holding up the Lombardi Trophy. <laughs> um, eight hundred three hundred five fifty is the phone number. Let's go back to let's go to Kyle in Burlington. Kyle, you're on the nightcap. What's up, gentlemen? Thank you so much for having me. Sure thing. It's uh, it's a pleasure to see the Buffalo Bills so competitive. I'm, I'm a 40-year-old man, and it's been a long, long time since I've seen a team do so well. I'm so happy to see it. My take is 28 points. Patrick Mahomes is not healthy, and I'm no physician. I can assure you of that. The man is not healthy. We need 28 points. I bet but don't break defense. And Josh, the man, to be the man. Boys, it's a win. I can see him on the podium. We're going to the Super Bowl. God bless Buffalo. Love it. It's a pretty good call right there. Great call. I can see 28, absolutely. And he does bring up a good point. You are probably going to get Mahomes this week, but are you getting the best version of Mahomes? And I think that's an interesting question. Obviously, time will tell, but... There is reason to think that his foot injury could be a problem. There's reason to think that he might not be 100%. And here's the other thing. I don't really care. Beat Patrick Mahomes. I I think this team could beat Patrick Mahomes when he's 100%. They They have the horses on offense and they have the horses on defense to beat the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes is 100%. But I do think he brings up a good point. You don't know what version, how healthy... Of Patrick Mahomes, you're I think getting on Sunday. The, the the toe, the foot injury, whatever they're calling it. I think it's his toe, but they're labeling it foot, or maybe they are labeling his toe. Like turf toe. If that is, if it's any version of that, that's not an injury you recover from quickly. That's something that nags for the season. And it's something that sounds so. Oh right, it doesn't sound <laughs> it like it doesn't so, sound like it hurts it at all. It sounds juvenile. Yeah, right. But exactly. I've I've never had it, but I've been told it's brutal. Right, and. I don't know if he's got a plant. Do we know? I don't even know if we know which foot it is. I don't. But I mean, you're a quarterback. You're using your feet forever on every single throw. And he and can run. He has escapability. Yeah, he, that's a big part of his game. It's not as big a part of his game as a lot of these other mobile quarterbacks, like even Allen or last week Lamar Jackson. But the play he gets hurt on actually last week is like a. It's like a. A zo- what, do, what do you want to call it? A, um, a, he like it's a toss toss option. It's not a the word read? I'm looking for. It's not a read option because... I don't he, remember the whole setup. Okay. He, I, I really only remember the actual I know, hit itself. I'm having a brain fart right now because he he rolls out to the right with the ball and he's got a running back behind him that he could pitch it to. Okay. Pitch option, whatever that is. That, that, that play is designed around your quarterback's ability to run. So they do some of that. And just because he has the best arm in football doesn't mean that mobility is not a part of his game. If you make him stand in the pocket... After what the Bills did last week with their pass rush, I don't know if they can do that again. They are not typically a team in the last couple of years that can manufacture a pass rush with just four guys. But they did do a lot of that last week against the Ravens. They did blitz a ton, but they were getting a four-man pass rush with Jerry Hughes, and even Trent Murphy was getting in on the action a little bit. So if they can get anything like that, and if Hughes can keep playing like the beast he has been in the playoffs in his five games he's played for the Bills in his career, I think they could poise a lot of problems 
for that Chiefs offense, just on the, just pertaining to that that foot injury. Yeah, and let's not forget, it's just, not just about running plays for Mahomes. A lot of what makes Mahomes the best quarterback in the NFL, what makes his magic is his escapability, his ability to get out of the pocket and make throws on the run. Will that be hampered by his foot injury? And I'm interested to see if the Bills want to test that. Do you want to throw more bodies at him early on and see just how good that uh, that foot's holding up? Do you want to make him escape the pocket early on? Because it's dangerous to watch Patrick Mahomes roll out to his right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like him and Allen are very similar in that way. Once he gets once he gets out of the pocket and starts rolling to his right, I, at least when Allen does it, I'm almost positive that something good's about to happen. Me too. Me too. And Mahomes is the same way. 8030550 is the phone number. Lowest amount of points you feel comfortable with against the Chiefs on Sunday. John is next up. What's up, John? Yeah, uh, I, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And I, first of all, I want you to know I think most of Cleveland is rooting for the Bills. Uh, even though we would look better as far as uh, if Kansas City were to go to Super Bowl, we say, oh, they were the guys that beat us. We still root for the Bills because uh, we're two birds of a feather. The amount of points, I think, is probably 29, and I'll tell you why. I think you can figure three touchdowns for Mahomes, uh, two uh, extra points, and they go for a two-pointer. So now you got uh, 22, two field goals is 28, and I think 29, because Buffalo has much, much better linebackers than Cleveland is, does. They can, they can maybe uh, cover Kelsey. They can, uh, their cornerbacks are better. I, I think they're. I think Kansas City's in for a rough going, and I hope. I hope you guys beat their butt. Thanks for the call, man. I. I a lot of people are pulling for the Bills. Did you see the map? I did. Twenty-two states, right now, want the Bills to win the Super Bowl, and Kansas City was second or third, but the Bills by a lot. KC has a lot of the Midwest and the uh, you know the Great Plains states. The Bills were kind of all over. They were. They were. They had what. Uh, Cal- Do they have California? They had California and Nevada, I think. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. But yeah, I I have friends who are are Browns fans from college, and yep. they've texted me nothing but Bills love, guys. Bills love. <laughs> I'm looking at so I tweeted out your question: How many points would you feel comfortable with? There's two hundred and sixty six replies in like a couple minutes. I don't have enough time to go through here, but it go lo- through everyone. It looks like everything is somewhere between 30 or 27 and most of them are between 27 and like 35 and then you'll have, you know, you know 58, you got someone saying 500, you know, they like so people like to be cute about it sometimes. They think they're funny. How concerned are you about uh, Travis Kelsey? I was rewatching some I haven't rewatched the whole game yet. I was rewatching some of Bills Chiefs from week six, they had a lot of problems covering him, and they tried it in a bunch of different ways. They were throwing zone at him. Like, they normally will run zone, but the Bills maybe run more man coverage than you think. Just because they're one of the more zone-heavy teams in the league, the Bills still run almost 40% man. Every time they blitz, it's almost man coverage. And in that game, they were they were trying everybody. Saran Neal actually started the game covering him, and he did okay. 
Tremaine Edmonds got burned by him on the touchdown, so you know you don't want a linebacker covering him. They should have known that already. Tremaine was not healthy. That's also correct. And what about Milano? Milano might not have even played in he that game. He didn't play. And then they tried Tredavious White on him a couple times. The Bills have tried that when before when Gronkowski was on the Patriots with Tredavious White. I mean, the size will always be a disadvantage there. You at least know White will be there to make the tackle if he catches it. Um, and then he'll stay with him stride for stride. Because, like, Kelsey, man, last week, I'm still in awe of that touchdown he scored against the Browns. Yeah. It is man coverage against Denzel Ward, one of the best corners in football. And Kelsey did not beat Denzel Ward with his physicality. It was straight up, fakes the outside route, plants his foot, cuts inside, broke Denzel Ward's ankles. He's a tight end that burned one of the best corners in the league with his route running. You never see that. And <laughs> that just what's make him makes him so dynamic. I, I think the Bills don't necessarily have a, a good answer to him because I don't know that anybody does. I think Milano might I just don't think Milano can keep with him. I, I think I don't think you can do it with man. I think you gotta throw zone at them. I think Travis Kelsey and Aaron Donald per position are the most dominant players in the league. You cannot yeah, make an argument for any interior defensive lineman who's better than Aaron Donald. You can't make a single argument for nope. any tight end that's better than Kelsey. You could make an argument that Rodgers is better than Mahomes sure. at least this year. Right. And receiver, you can do the same thing you with like a ton, ton of our guys. And you could do that Diggs, with every Tyree other position. Hill, Adams. Yeah. yeah. Those two guys, Travis Kelsey, they're just clearing is away just the best. Clearing away the best at what he does. I think that's right. I don't think there's another position. Would have said Justin Tucker for kicker, but Doink, a couple times of times. Two. Times two. Doink, doink, time, doink, doink. That's a uh, t- potential fantasy team name for you all out there in 2021. All right, 803 is the phone number for your answer on this question. How many points do you feel comfortable with against the Chiefs? And I got something else for you when we come back to. Hockey-related. 803 is the phone number. It's the nightcap on WGR. It's definitely concerning. In four games, the third hit to the head of, for me, a violent type. If you look at the way the elbow comes extended, you know what you're doing, and we'll see where this takes us. But he's under assessment here tonight, and it was really disappointing in a game, the way it was going to lose midway through the game. A very, very strong Carter Hutton after that. He seemed to, uh, didn't feel the effects of the hit, actually, which can happen sometimes until the intermission when he got in, and he sat down. So I think his adrenaline kind of kept him going. It was a big hit here tonight. Sabres head coach Ralph Kruger. That was the thing I wanted to get to hockey-wise before we left today's show. Jody Biasi, Brendan Keeney here on the nightcap. At Sneaky Joe Sports, at Brendan Keeney on Twitter. I, I was almost, I'm almost disgusted with the NHL's attitude towards head hits. I read a, I read a piece a couple weeks ago that... I think it was from Pierre Lebrun, Greg Wachinski, one of the big media guys, that basically wrote GMs, coaches, players, owners, everybody wants to outlaw all head contact in hockey. But you know why it's not completely outlawed right now? It's because Gary Bettman doesn't want that. Because Bettman is afraid that will link a connection between concussions and head hits, which is still something he's refused to admit. Which is like where some of these leagues have been for five, ten years, including the NFL, who is the slow we thought was the slowest to get to this. 
And I think that that philosophy at the top of the league we saw in action in yesterday's Sabres game. Carter Hutton gets drilled with an elbow to the head. His helmet comes off. His head hits the post. He goes down. And he's lying there for a minute. And I don't know if they're supposed to be concussion spotters in the NHL if they just don't have them at all. We know they have them in the NFL. But for that answer to be on record that, well, Carter didn't feel the effects until he sat down in the locker room, that's why you need to pull these guys off. It's not good enough, man. Because, right, now you are risking further injury, further effects of a concussion by leaving him out there for half a period of play while he probably has a concussion. It was so... Because he hasn't sat down yet. The head contact was so obvious. I'm not going to say it was obvious that he had a concussion. But the contact to the head was obvious. You have to check. It was obvious. And, you know, and the, the whole stall hit, the explanation that NHL player safety gave for not suspending, who was that, Dowd of the Capitals? Yeah, Nick Dowd. Was absurd. They couldn't prove that th- there was head contact, initial head contact. W- were we watching the same play? Right. I, I mean, I, I was, it was brutal. One of these days, the NHL will get serious about head contact. I don't think it'll be. It well. doesn't look like it's going to be soon because I, it won't be while well Batman's commissioner. It's. I don't think. Astounding that it's happened to the Sabers now. Was it four times? Four. Yeah. So I got I got Stahl, Darlene, uh Hutton. Hutton. Who's the other one? And maybe it's three. Maybe it's three. Three in four games. But still, right? <laughs> still, and that that one I, that was that was so bad. It's La- so last bad. Last night's wasn't like egregious. No, it, it was, was actually he Montour was kind of pushed fault. by Mo- he was pushed by Mo- Montour. Montour put him right into the goalie. By the way, what is Montour doing on that play? I hate that in hockey. That's more of like a a, a beer league uh, type of complaint for me. Where if you put if you put an opposing player into your own goaltender, you have no right to go after that guy. But it always happens. It happened last night. Mont- I don't think he's going to make contact with Hutton. He's going hard to the net, but he's got the angle to where he can get away from him without making any contact. And Montour just blasts him into the net. And then Montour's like, oh, you just ran my goalie. If I'm sitting there, I'm like, no, actually, you just put your goalie at risk. Not me. But nope, just because we see your goalie down, now you got to cross-check him in the face. I, right. Oh, I hate that about hockey sometimes. No, uh, <laughs> it was said on Twitter yesterday, but very physical game. Eichel and Konechny pushing each other after uh, Konechny made a little run at Darlene. But what they're, they don't call like any of that, but they call Ristolainen's little shove to close out the, the second period. It's just like the arbitrary penalties that are called in hockey are just kind of making me just throw my hands in the air. Like, ah, who knows? Who knows? There's just no consistency in the penalties in hockey. There's an interference called that I think should be called regularly. Yes, I think last night. Yep. And it should be called regularly. But... If a guy dumps the puck in the zone, you often see the defensemen get right in their way. Uh, no interference. It's just like so all over the place with the penalties in hockey. I just I refuse to even pay that much attention anymore. Hopefully that penalties even out at the end of the game. <laughs> like it's just 
ridiculous. All right. Well, that's going to put a wrap on tonight's show. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back tomorrow, and then we'll have a Sabre game on Friday. I'm assuming that. We've only got four Capitals on the COVID list. I don't think the game's at risk, but we'll monitor that uh, in the coming days. If you want more details on this situation with the Caps, you got a story up at WGR550.com and the Radio.com app, so you can go check that out there. Until tomorrow, when Brendan and I will speak to you next, this has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.